0: Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast for the CIMB Classic from TPC Kuala Lumpur. This is presented by 18 Murders, the best golf app in the business. Let's go. Tour Junkies. What's up, Golf Addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This is a great one. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ryder Cup. Just a little bit. We're going to give some favorite funny moments from Paris. Pat and I just got back from Paris, France for the Ryder Cup. It was absolutely hysterical. You're not going to want to miss that, including Pat's most creative moment of his entire life and how to see the visual proof. It's, un- it's unreal. It's unmatched. You're not going to believe it. Great stories of Pat in Paris being... Weird and and intoxicated, fantastic stuff. We're going to tell you about a new show format for the rest of the year, some cool new additions we're making to the show. It's good stuff. We're obviously going to give our picks, our strategy, our course breakdown for the CIMB Classic, for DFS, fantasy golf, golf betting, whatever you like. We're going to tell you our GPP plays, our cash plays, our fades. We're going to put flags in the ground and tell you who we like and who we don't like. At the end of the podcast, a new segment called the Chunk and Run. We're going to talk about whether or not course history matters and why. And then we're going to talk about some interesting stuff. Mary kill, and screw from a celebrity edition. It's a, it's a question from a listener. So there you go. Should be interesting. Stick around. Thanks for downloading. Don't forget to download 18Birdies app. Put in the promo code Tour Junkies for one free year of premium access. It's the best golf app in the biz. Let's get to it. Another year. Here we go. Bonjour, Patrick. Bonjour, David. Welcome to the Tour Junkies. We are back. We are back from Paris on American soil right after the, the massacre at Le Golf Nationale. You know, didn't have a podcast last week for the Safeway because we were in Paris doing our thing. Long story short, Kevin Tway won in a playoff over Brand Snedeker and Ryan Moore. You got to see all the web.com rookies. Napa's awesome. That's all. That's all we're going to talk about there. We have got a fantastic show tonight. I'm really excited about it, Pat. Um, you know, first, first kind of, you know, couple days back in the country after eight or so days in Paris.
1: You feeling okay, man? Have you recovered? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I, I've recovered quite nicely. Um, you know, just kind of a lot of resting, a lot of sleeping over the weekend. Um, your liver is probably grateful that you're not in Paris anymore. My liver's extremely grateful for that. Um, it's it's very happy right now. It's 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 feeling good, but well it's not feeling good. It's it's feeling pretty terrible. But it's almost we're almost back to normal. That was that was a long eight days of, of uh, damage to the liver. <laughs> well,
0: before we get into the Ryder Cup stuff, which we're gonna spend a little bit of time on Uh, We we did a Periscope live from Paris really thanking everybody. Uh, But if if you weren't watching that, which most of you probably did not, and I don't blame you, it was frankly too long and kind of stupid. But we did it because we wanted to and we felt like we needed to. But uh, this is three years now. Uh, Last week was three years since we released our first podcast ever. And we did a little Periscope video on Twitter thanking everybody. And we really want to thank you guys as the listeners, people who whether you've been listening to us since we started, which there's only about 60 of you, um, and a lot of you guys may have jumped ship anyway, so <laughs> I don't know how many of you originals are left, but whether you have been listening to us since, you, since we started or you, you, you're, you found us very recently, we really, really appreciate it. Being in Paris and being able to do that trip and, and treat our wives who have put up with this whole thing for the last more than three years now, because we, we did so much ahead of time, but almost four years, being able to treat them and 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 do it all through tour junkies is unbelievable um, and we really really are grateful for people that listen to the show and um, help promote us on social media and leave iTunes reviews and buy stuff off the website and uh, all that stuff is really special and, and we didn't take it for granted we thought about it often while in Paris just thinking about how cool this this whole thing was and a lot of you we've been able to meet and be friends with and it's so cool and one of my favorite things about tour junkies is that when I travel, uh, a lot of times I travel for my real job. I can basically, you know, tweet and say, "Hey, anybody in any city, uh, if you are a TJ fan, you want to grab a drink, or you want to go to Top Golf, or you want to whatever. Let's let's meet up. There's always somebody ready and down. And it's a really cool thing to know that it's because of this this goofy podcast. Um, and so we really really appreciate it. We want to say that first of all, three years. It's crazy that
1: it's it's gone. It feels like it's gone by really quick. It does. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been amazing. I think we, you know, if if you and I had been told four years ago that we would have been able to go to Paris and and do some of the stuff we've done. I mean, Hazeltine, you know, two years ago. Um, I mean, all the events that you get to go to that I don't get to go to, but just because you, you get to do all the fun things anyway. I mean, all of that (laughs) stuff is, is, uh, really a thanks to, to those out there that listen to us and support us. And it's been, uh, it's just as as I like to say, it's been fantastic, and I look forward to this coming year and 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 what we have to 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 bring to to DFS Golf to the podcasting world on golf, and and I can't wait for it. And um, yeah, so I echo those sentiments. It is it's been it's been great.
0: Yeah, it really has. Uh, and we got some we got we got some new twists to the podcast starting tonight that we will get to in just a little bit. Uh, before we do that, I, we got to talk about the Ryder Cup. I know that you've, most people have probably already heard a little bit of their. They've got enough of the Ryder Cup stuff, but we're also going to take you a little bit behind the scenes and our highlights of the Ryder Cup. Um, just, just briefly. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but we were there all three days of the tournament, and then of course stayed over in Paris with the wives and uh, sights. You know, went sightseeing and stuff. Uh, one thing that no one is talking about. Okay, there, there are many reasons why. I, I want to talk, first of all, Pat, about the results of the Ryder Cup and some of the aftermath, and then I want to kind of get into the rest of our trip and some of the highlights. But uh, nobody's talking about this. Everybody's blaming Jim Furyk. Everybody's blaming our play. Everybody's blaming the course setup, all this stuff. Nobody's talking about this. Thursday night, the Tour Junkies uh, in Paris, we had a very interesting night, Thursday night. Okay? <laughs> We drank wine out of baby bottles on Thursday night. Like baby bottles with rubber nipples. Yes. We drank wine out of baby bottles mm-hmm. Thursday night. We were with Moose and Mara and at one point I believe I saw Ash Morrison and Ronan
1: on the side of the street. Um, it was a it was a it was a long night. Let's clarify fr- that these baby bottles were were a thing at this restaurant. It wasn't like we just somehow went to a store we were so hammered. I think it would have been cooler if you did not clarified that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, so, there, it's kind so, of a so weird what concept.
0: <laughs> what I'm getting to is Thursday was a little, a little much. And Friday morning, myself, Mara, and Moose woke up 4.30 in the morning, got our happy tails to the golf course, regardless of how horribly we felt. I can't blame y'all. And me. we were at the first tee when the first ball went in the air on Friday. Uh, there was one person who was not there. And that was my co-host Pat Perry, who mm-hmm. did not get up and not, you know, press on and press through for the whole reason we were at the Ryder Cup or in Paris, which was to attend the Ryder Cup. Pat was not there. Pat arrived around 2 p.m. on well, Friday. Wait a second! Afternoon. I did get up with y'all at 4:30. I just didn't leave the. Yeah, you got up to tell us you're not going, and then you went back to sleep. <laughs> so you were probably asleep before we figured out before we got downstairs. Yeah. But all I know is you didn't show up until 2 p.m. on Friday afternoon. And in the morning session on Friday morning, the U.S. went three and one. Pat shows up, and we can't win. We win like four points for the whole rest of the golf tournament. So to me, the obvious answer to why the U.S. lost is that Pat is clearly uh, kind of like a, a Tim Ander cursed on the Pat Mayo side. He's just a, he's a curse. He's walking around cursing the U.S. team. So that's 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 my that's my two cents on it.
1: Uh, you know, I, okay? So that may I, I see where you're going with that but hazeltine I was there and and we won after a you know a long drought so you know you can't say that I'm a curse on the team because you know by my being in attendance and I believe if I'm not I could be wrong but didn't I wasn't I late also on the first day at Hazeltine? Probably probably. I can't remember. But I can't but. remember because I remember I remember flying in late that night and, and you anyway, and you guys leaving extremely early and me just being true. like, I'm not I'm gonna get there when I get there. And, and yeah. we we did fine, so
0: we're real golf fans. Um, anyway, it was a fantastic time. I, I will say this. The golf course was absolutely stunning, beautiful course to see in person. The the fairways were every bit as narrow as they said they were and as they looked on T V. Uh, impossible to hit and 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 we saw you know like our guys didn't I don't think approach the course with the wrong strategy I mean we didn't have guys hitting driver on holes that they shouldn't have hit driver on we had guys hitting the right clubs but they weren't hitting irons in the fairway and when a professional golfer some of the top players in the world aren't hitting fairways with irons it doesn't really matter how narrow they are you should be hitting the fairway with irons I, I just we're gonna lose
1: and and I don't think, That's, though, that you're – I don't think TV did the fairways justice. I, I don't – I think when you were there in – when I first walked in after the long, ridiculous walk just to get to the course, uh, which is a whole other story, plus the trains and bus rides and everything else that it took to get to the freaking course. Um, and I go in 17 is, is really – you walk out in 17 fairway is the first fairway, fairway you get to. And that was the immediate thing that jumped out to me was how freaking narrow those fairways were. Like I could have sat there on the tee at 17 and beat balls all day long and maybe hit it like 5% of the time. I mean it was yeah. that narrow. I mean we're talking 12 to 15 yards. Think walk that off. If you're if you're if you're listening where you can actually get there and walk off 12 to 15 yards, that's the that's the the tight spot they had to hit it to. And it also brings up for me the point on, and I tweeted this out, it makes me wonder, you know, with the way you, that we put together teams, I, I mean, I guess you have to have a point system and all that kind of stuff, but you've got to go with course fit. And Furick was there, you know, back right before the British Open. I mean, I don't know if it was looking exactly like it was going to be for the Ryder Cup. It probably wasn't. But there were some glaring things about that course that did not fit some of the guys on our team and it just made me wonder if if you just got you have to look at it a different way and just pick a team. I mean, be like, you know, backyard football on, you know, in in high school or whatever, middle school where you're picking the best guys that you think are going to play well for that particular what, you know, whatever, just pick the guys. Who cares about, you know, recent form and everything else?
0: Yeah, Phil had no business being on that team, especially after Phil looking on at that course he did not have any business and, being on that team. And then what he comes out and says this week, when he says something to the effect of, like, I'm 48 years old, I'm not going to choose to play golf courses like Le Golf National anymore. I'm not going to play courses that, that, that set that, set up that way. Which, you know, I mean, I guess Phil's not going to say that before the Ryder Cup, like tell Jim, hey, it really doesn't set up well for me, don't pick me. He's not going to say that. But, I mean, yeah, it definitely getting there and looking at it, you're just sitting there going, man, look at the players who perform the best. Molinari and Webb Simpson, hmm. as far as on each team. You know, both short-knocking, fairway-green-finding kind of guys, and, and we, we didn't have anybody really but, but Webb on the team that, that did that. I mean, on Sunday I'm sitting there thinking, man, I really wish, and I know you and I dogged Matt Kuchar the whole, <laughs> you know, we, we dogged Matt Kuchar all the way leading up to the yeah. golf national. I wish he was on we had team. no idea what the golf national was going to look like. But I'm sitting there on Sunday going, I really wish that Jim Furick, Zach Johnson, and Matt Kuchar were playing for us right now <laughs> instead of being assistant captains riding in golf carts because th- this golf course would have been perfect for them. It's it- Well, not so- Jim
1: Furick. You-, you said Jim Furyk. You-
0: I think Jim Furyk, I think that golf course would have been perfect for Jim Well, actually, maybe so, about? yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but Kiz was, for... Kiz, Kiz was and, the guy that that jumped out to me. Kiz was the guy that it would have been. But it, it's all, you know, ifs and buts, candy and nuts would be Christmas all year. So it is yeah. it is what it is. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. It, it. There were a lot of reasons it didn't happen. We didn't execute. The U.S. clearly did not have the team um, that, uh, you know, that that we needed to be. And that's that's clearly come out with all the aftermath between oh my god i mean the patrick reed drama between patrick his wife's twitter account that popped up on sunday his mom his mother-in-law going off on uh, on a facebook post a couple days ago um his beef with jordan his beef with tiger that whole thing was a disaster then you had the brooks dj altercation um you just had just just so much drama. The obviously the Patrick Reed Tiger T-shirt that we made did not age very well <laughs> because <laughs> no. neither one of them played well at all. And if if luckily just you threw know, threw most of them at Justine Reed, <laughs> just threw. you know just just when you think Patrick Reed can't be hated by more people, uh, I think he I think he flipped a few. <laughs> um, I don't know that we'll ever sell another one of those shirts again, but it uh, there's clearly some issues to the process still in terms of how we pick teams. I think that's that's dead on. Uh, and I think the Europeans, they just care more. I mean, they just care more. And and I think we need to care more. I think it's now become – I do think in the earlier years it was maybe this kind of sideshow event, but I think now it has become something of a real, you know, a, a real national pride thing on both sides. Um and and it needs we need to care a little more uh, and whatever we have to do to make players care more or maybe maybe that's our problem we don't we, we need to pick
1: guys that do care like like kids Um well, if anything what if if they don't care more after what happened to them you know last weekend they got but, embarrassed yeah. that's for sure um,
0: so I I don't I don't want to hit too much on too much more on the Ryder Cup but I do want to hit just some, just some of the, the favorite things that happened in Paris, um, some of the sideshow stuff. You know, we talked about this leading up to the, the trip on many podcasts before that seeing Pat in Paris, Pat Does Paris, hashtag Pat Does Paris, would be a, a total spectacle, and it would be funny and hilarious. And, and, and I, I don't, again, I don't want to spend like 20 minutes on this, but I do think it's worth a couple of highlights sharing with, with the class here uh, that may not have been privy to the Instagram stories, which if you were not following us on Instagram, you really missed out. And we did most of our damage on Instagram. So um, so I just wanted to hit some of the highlights. Um, first of all, well, I, okay, before I, before I do that, I, I do want to say we really enjoyed hanging out with Ash and Ronan. Ash Morrison, who writes our, DF, our European Tour DFS content on the website every week, One Groove low, tourjunkies.com. Um, who, by the way, has a really good article coming out. It might already be out. It'll probably be out by the time you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. But anyway, our boy Ash, great hanging out with him the whole week of the tournament. Uh, Ronan as well, his buddy, and helped us get a ticket. Uh, shout out to those boys. They got firsthand experiences to Pat, uh, which was interesting. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, I do want to say this as we were talking about the Ryder Cup. I did fulfill my duty as the butler. Yes. For, um, yes. Uh, for losing the, the bet back in the day. I believe the bet, you had Thorbjorn Olsson and I took Bryson DeChambeau. I can't remember what tournament it was, but I lost the bet, so I had to be Butler for a day. And I fulfilled my duties. Um, there was it, video st- of it. We can post it stood to Twitter in, if we need to. I think we did, or did we just do it to Instagram? I think I just put it on... Uh, no, I think I did put it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yes, it's st- standing in lines, double fisting Heinekens for Pat, um, and, uh, and such,
1: so... You know, you know, the only thing I didn't do was hold his wiener for him when he went to the bathroom. That's yeah, that was, was, was good. I appreciated all you did. You know, I, th- I felt like you got off a little easy, but you know, that's it is what it is. But um, you know, uh, we one, one t- thing you need to one thing you need to know about Pat and in, in traveling
0: through Paris. You know, we pretty much Ubered everywhere. We did the metro a little bit, but we Ubered everywhere. Pat did not leave the apartment without uh, a water bottle with rosé in it. <laughs> That's true. Um, Not in the mornings. We're talking about like in the evenings. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about if it was past noon. If it was if it was noon 01, Pat had a water bottle with rose in it. Yes, and that happened. we walking around or getting happen. in the Uber. And I will say this. I don't know if you picked up on this, Pat. But you know, I make fun of you a lot for the rose thing, and I, I feel like I feel like Americans are divided here. I feel like we get tweets and emails and people that say, like, Pat, come on, get rid of the, 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 the rosé, man. You're a loser. And then I also see guys that are like, oh, no, man, rosé's the best. You know, you're rosé all day kind of thing. I feel like in Paris, they made fun of you for the rosé. I, 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 a couple of waiters gave you some weird looks. I even think at one point I saw a waiter try to put it down in front of Sally, and you were like, oh, no, no, right here, and he looked at you kind of cross-eyed. I think the French think that
1: you drinking rosé is kind of, kind of girly. Well, first off, I don't care what the French think. Second off, <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. As a matter of fact, I'm going to point out something that I thought was just great. I'm walking down on I think it was, what's the par three 16 on uh, Saturday, I'm trying to find you guys because we we kind of posted up there at the at the end of the day, and a listener of Tour Junkies. Flags me down. I have no idea who this guy is. Well, I know it now. I, c- I can't even remember his name, but he's he's American. Oh, wow. Listens to the show. He is holding this bag of ice like a little t- tiny little bag. It looks like a purse almost with a bottle of rose in it and a glass like a plastic glass drinking rose. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is great. So you can you can make fun of me all you want, but there are other listeners out there that who are at the Ryder Cup drinking rosé out of a freaking bottle on the hole on the course. Mm. But it was also readily available. It was like rosé was everywhere. Every restaurant you went to, it was like one of the standard wines they had. I, I'm not going to sit here and explain the 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 whatever the benefits of rosé. Okay. Nobody nobody. Okay. If you don't understand, you just don't understand. So.
0: All right, I got I got to, I got to get to one of my absolute favorite moments. But, but before
1: you get to that, okay. We you're I think you're glossing over a lot here because one of the things that we talked about a ton leading up to this trip was me and traveling and flying. And yep. I feel like I deserve a little bit of credit for for all of that. I think that I did pretty well on the flights for the most part. Um, I was a little confused when we got on the on the flight over to Paris. There was some like electronical things that I didn't really like where they were. I couldn't figure them out. <laughs> but other than that, I I think I deserve some credit. Uh, yeah, I will say I will
0: say your brother who was giving me all the Chris Perry was giving me all the you know info about how nervous you're going to be. I will say you did way better than I thought you were going to do. Now. You're still weird AF. I mean, you are so freaking OCD. It is not even funny. Pat's pissed that the – I mean, and he's, like, shaking. Like, you look like damn Michael J. Fox. You're, like, shaking on the airport – on the airplane because you're, 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 you can't find your the outlet for your phone to charge – or because, oh, because we sat in the front row of the Comfort Plus section, and so you have the TV screens coming out of your armrest, and when you pull it out, the TV screen sits at like a, eh, maybe like a, like a it's like a slight angle. It's kind of angled up, yeah. and it, you hated that. You, you wanted it to be straight. You know, like, you're, you're just so, the things that you get fixated on are freaking hilarious. But I will say, for the most part, you did very well. You weren't, like, screaming or, like, You know, white knuckling the, the, you know, worried about the plane going down or, or whatever. Like, you, you did very well. I was surprised. So I will give you that, both coming and going, you did well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, As you were saying, one of my my favorite moments on the trip. Now, all right. It is, I'm going to say, and Pat, don't talk right now because you don't know where I'm going with this. You think you're going to know, but you don't. One of my – it is the most – I will go ahead and say it. It is the most creative synapse to ever fire in Pat Perry's brain that occurred. It was monumental, okay, monumental moment. We are sitting in a cafe late at night outside. Moose and Mara, um, my wife, uh, Sally are there. Pat is many, many rosés deep, and um, we are sitting outside. And I have, I, I, I came to really enjoy a soft drink over there called Orangina. And many of you may, and many of you may, have, may have, may have enjoyed such Orangina. In fact, Pat also became a, a rabid fan Huge of fan. the Orangina. Uh, big fan of Orangina. If you guys got some Orangina and you want to ship that our way. You can go on the website and ship it to us. Um, anyway, big fan of the Orangina soft drink. And there was a, we were sitting in a cafe, and on the window, there was a Orangina advertisement. Well, um, I'm I'm like leaning with my back against the window, okay, talking, and I see Pat is across from me, and I see Pat with this like look on his face of like eureka, like I've I've got it, and then he starts hammering away on his phone, but. You know, a lot of people don't realize this. Pat is on his phone all the time. He, he, I don't know what the hell he's doing because he's rarely tweeting or doing anything on Instagram or anything worthwhile. He's just I guess he's just stalking everybody. But he's constantly on his phone. But I see him hammering away on his phone and laughing to himself borderline uncontrollably. And he, he, he finishes what he's doing. He shows it to Moose. He's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. He shows it to me, and, and it's at my expense. So those of you that hate me and think I'm a douche, you guys will really enjoy the, what, what Pat did. And I'm not going to tell you what Pat did, and neither is Pat, because here's what you're going to have to do. We are not going to post it on Twitter or Instagram, the picture, but we're going to put it in this week's chalk bomb. I've already, I've already, I've already talked to Ben Little. Uh, our boy Ben is going to find a way to work it into this week's chalk bomb. So if you are a subscriber to the Chalk Bomb, you will you will see this famed picture. It is literally the most famous, most most creative thought that Pat Perry has ever had, and it is documented, and it is freaking hilarious, and it's at my expense. So if you want to see it, and you're not, you have not subscribed to the Chalk Bomb, the Chalk Bomb is our weekly email. We send out every Wednesday night. It's free. It's the best DFS content. Best golf gambling content you could get for free on a Wednesday night before the tournament goes. Ben Little, our boy Ben, spends a lot of time on this article. He's going to get a lot of inside information, a lot of detailed information right before the tournament starts for the CIMB Classic. But in that chalk bomb you will have this lovely nugget and it's a free email. All you have to do is go to tourjunkies.com, click on the contact, the contact tab, fill out the contact form and just say, hey, I want the chalk bomb. When you do that, You're going to get another email kicked back to you from the tour junkies and you have to open that email click on the little button that says i want in and opt in to our emails if you do that you will get the chalk bomb wednesday okay so do that and get it and see this glorious picture (laughs) that pat came up with you are gonna you're gonna you're gonna freaking love it and and just picture in your mind the most proud version
1: of pat perry you could ever think of. Oh, if you could just look into my at my eyes, my soul, everything when I was coming up with this. You were beaming. Beaming. I still, I, every time I think about it, I cannot, it was just.
0: You didn't look at your children that way when they came out of their mother's <laughs> womb, the way you looked at that. You were so proud. You were so proud.
1: <laughs>
0: uh... Just get um, the chalk
1: bomb. If you haven't got the chalk bomb already, you yeah, get you it. Must. This is—it's totally worth it.
0: The, there are a lot of other good ones. Uh, one of my favorite moments, and this is just probably one of those you had to be there moments. But Pat is also highly allergic to France, <laughs> the entire country. <laughs> like the dude sneezed from the moment we got off the aircraft to the moment we got back into Atlanta. He sneezed all the time. And, like, Le Golf National got pretty dusty with all those people walking around, so I get it. But, I mean, he's, like, sneezing in the apartment. He's sneezing in the Ubers. He's sneezing in the cafes. He's sneezing in the restaurants. He's sneezing in the museums. He's sneezing in the Louvre. He's sneezing on Mona Lisa. He's sneezing on everything. And, And it got to be kind of funny towards the end of the week. I'm like, geez, Pat, like, and my wife, Miss Domination, kept going like, "Pat, you need a Zyrtec. Like you are, you are struggling." Yeah. And we had been making fun of him for it. The last night we're there, we get, we're sitting at this fantastic restaurant, and and it's but it's one of those restaurants where you're literally sitting on top of each other. Like you're right next to the table <laughs> next to us. Like they're basically we're basically having dinner with the people next to us. Yeah. And this old lady that looks like the crypt keeper. I mean, she is. <laughs> a knocking on death's door in fact she's probably dead now bless her heart she was sweet as she could be but she's probably died now she was old and French spoke zero English zero English <laughs> and we're sitting there at the at the restaurant eating and uh, uh, Pat hold on let me let me let me pull this Pat goes into a into an absolute sneezing spell and uh, this lady obviously notices and um... <laughs> She leans over and says, uh, vous vaccinate? <laughs> do you vaccinate? <laughs> this lady is slinging heaters at my man Pat for the sneezing fit, and we lost it when she said that. Uh, she asked Pat, do you vaccinate? <laughs> yeah, that was... uh you
1: know, if anybody that knows me, I did me,
0: tweet that in a picture of the old yeah, lady. So yes, you, you could find that. Anybody that
1: knows me personally knows that I'm, I'm very—I uh, have t- terrible allergies, but I, I control them in the South. Uh, apparently, I have not been able to control them in uh, Paris, and uh, yeah, that was that was rough. But uh, as a matter of fact, I think I was even bleeding from my nose one day. <laughs> it was you so were, weird. yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. He texted me from the course. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to meet up on the course. I'm like, where are you? He's like, I, I'm so and so, but I have a terrible nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh god. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a moment for you because
1: I, I don't, you know, we had some. I don't have any, man.
0: I keep my stuff together.
1: I don't know. I don't know. That first night, you were in good shape. You were. In let's not. Let's not talk about that but, one. But um, one thing I will remember is you. And I have to give you credit for this. So we're like, so hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Stop, stop. Hold on. I just found it in my text thread. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is on. Uh, this is on, let's see, Thursday. Yeah, this is on Thursday. No, <laughs> I said, where? I said, we are headed that way. Where are you? He said, you said, oh, we weren't even at the course. We were walking around. Uh, we were walking around Paris, and you said, I'm sitting here while Sally shops. I'm now trying to find the candy store that we walked by. Sally is all over the place, and my nose is bleeding because I've been sneezing so much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that was the day I think we went and saw Notre Dame, but but yeah, anyway, anyway, you know I I will have to say I give you credit. You did you had a very we talk about you versus me athletically. You did a very athletic move one day. We were out at the course and um there was a so it's it's very dry out there because there didn't oh, get God. a whole lot of rain and so and it's also extremely hilly and I believe we were on seven I think it was and. Yep. The people we were with decided that they wanted to be at the bottom of the hill on seven uh, near the green and it was quite dicey trying to get down there and we, we saw already saw one person just totally bust I mean literally they almost went underneath the ropes down into a sand trap. It was so it was so freaking <laughs> slippery. So you the get out there hung them up, So we you were like, All right, I'm going. You had a beer in hand and you went down, and you totally busted your ass, but held everything in check. Beer was fine. You you didn't. You, you kind of you pulled it off. It was it was smooth. Nobody was like. There wasn't a bunch of people in the crowd going, "Oh, oh my God, look what happened." It was actually pretty good. So then, what I did, and if you, you probably didn't see this on Instagram, if you if you don't follow us on Instagram, but I just decided to just slide down my butt. Down the the, the uh, down the hill without even trying to, but it was it was I was impressed with what you did there. That that was pretty good. What'd you say? Like as you were sliding, you said something like the American way or something.
0: You said something about no, I said an, an, being, um,
1: something about uh, an American brain being smart. I'm a being, <laughs> being I'm a smart American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way to go. You're like, oh look, here's my American brain sliding down <laughs> instead of falling down, which. Is, <laughs> But you know, um, once actually, again, right there were many moments this there were many moments on this trip that I missed being able to document some of the funny stuff that you did. Um, because I should if I if I was if I was on my toes, I would have been recording that because you really See, did you totally thing. busted. And then when we're trying to go over to the Arc de Triomphe, and here's the thing, if you're ever wow. in Paris, Arc de Triomphe, Triomphe yep. whatever mm-hmm. the hell. If you're in Paris, you know, if you go there, there's this huge circle around the arc. No, no,
0: no. You can YouTube this. If you YouTube traffic circle arc de triomphe, it's you crazy. You can YouTube it. There's, there's, there's like five
1: lanes around this whole thing. There's uh, no
0: lanes actually. People go around. Whatever.
1: They yes, this. they're not even lanes. It's just people going all over the place. Well, there's a way to get to the arc without you. You can actually go underground. Well, at the point we were on that day or evening. We didn't understand that, I guess, and decided that we were just going to make a run for it across this circle to the arc. And I I held back because I felt like y'all went at the wrong time, which you did. There's motorcycles, scooters, whatever, and one almost hits you, I think. Your wife screams... Um, yep. Sally, my wife, I just let her go. apparently I didn't even and and she got a, everybody got across fine and then I ran across like completely not there was nothing even coming, nothing. But yeah. I could have gotten some good content there because y'all see are, this is the thing. Everybody thinks I'm just a butthole and I'll just live to
0: to make fun of Pat. But I, the difference between me and Pat is I, when when we are together, I am constantly ready. I have the camera. Ready to go when something goes down, and Pat is never doing that. Pat is usually either on his phone already, but not his camera, or he just doesn't think about it, which is fine. But that's why he doesn't have any crap on me because he can't. He he's not he's not he's not ready. You know he's not ready. So I mean it is what it is. Right before I slid down the hill, I we had watched all kind of people fall down the hill. That we'd watched all kind of people slip down that hill, and right. Right as I started to walk down with my beer in hand and my shoes that had no soles on the no tread on the bottom of it anymore, I literally said, "Oh, this should be interesting." And then about four seconds later, I slipped and I fell. <laughs> Pat doesn't, but he's just you know he's watching, but he's not video. You got to be on your toes, man. You got to be. Yeah, I screwed that one up. But last thing I will say, because I don't want to drag this on much longer. You can add on if you want, but last thing I will say, uh, and I will post this on Twitter, but. Um, this is another example of me just seeing it coming and knowing that I have to video, okay? We are trying to get an Uber from the Eiffel Tower back to our apartment. And Moose, Moose from Fantasy National is there with his wife, Mara, my wife, Pat's wife, six of us getting an Uber. Now, but when we get there, when we get there to the beginning of the trip, I, one of our listeners emailed us. I can't remember who it was. Was it Michael Carradine or something? No, I can't remember who it was. One of our listeners emailed us months ago and was like, hey, if you need to navigate Paris, learn this phrase. And the phrase is like,
1: I'm sorry, I don't speak French. Uh, do you speak English? It's, uh, it's, and I'll actually say it. It's, je suis désolé, je ne parle pas français, which basically means, <laughs> I'm sorry, I do not speak French. Which okay, served me the, well. The part,
0: where you said, the part where you said, je ne parle' is that right? Je suis,
1: no, I don't know, whatever. Don't yeah, know. yeah, je suis désolé, go ahead ze parle pas français. Par okay, the par, the Zaynay
0: parle. The like Zaynay par. parle part when you were drunk would turn into nipple. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pat is on the phone with this Uber driver because the Uber driver can't find where we are, and Pat is on the phone trying to communicate. And as soon as I see him on the phone, I'm like, boom, recording, and I start recording because I I know something's gonna happen. And he's trying to use his catchy French saying, which he kept saying he, he like every time we would come up on a situation. He'd be like, I got this, y'all. I got this. I got my saying. I'm going to disarm them. They're going to switch to English. It will be all good. He was proud of himself, you know. And he gets on the phone with this guy and this guy ain't got a clue what Pat is saying or where the heck we are. So Pat trying to tell the Uber driver where we are was absolutely hysterical. Like me and Moose were pissing laughing at, at, at how funny this was. And I did kind of crop all of it together, and I put it in a video. I will tweet it. I, I have not tweeted it. It's been on our Instagram, but I've not tweeted it. I will do that. That was another shining moment for me in Paris, one of the funniest moments of, of the whole night,
1: uh, or the whole trip. So that will be my last moment, okay. I share. I didn't anything else that you need to – No, that was it. I didn't end up in jail, so that was good. Um, you did
0: not, no. But ba- – I you know what? I think the best chance of either one of us ending up in jail would have been our first night there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Definitely for me. Um, uh, yeah, apparently this is pretty funny. I will share this. I can't share anymore. But the first night there, we had to meet up with Ash cuz Ash had our Ryder Cup tickets and we had to meet up with him. I don't think I was If I was with you at this you point were not, you were I not with, with me. me. Moose Moose was with me. But the night we we had to meet up with Ash to get our Ryder Cup tickets. So this was late. This was like midnight at least. And we're in like the city of Paris, and like Moose has me, and he's trying to find Ash. And I'm not really much help at this point. And all I remember is uh, standing outside of uh, this like strip, and I'm tired of walking, man. We've been walking, walking, walking. I'm tired of walking. I can't find Ash. Moose is looking for him somewhere. And Moose decides he's going to walk down the end of this one street. And he's like, you stay here. I'm going to walk to the end of this one street. And I'm like, all right, cool. And all I remember is I see a, a, somebody's motorcycle, because there's motorcycles everywhere. I see somebody's parked motorcycle, and I'm like, that looks comfortable. So I literally lay down on the motorcycle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I straddle the seat and lay backwards. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and God, I don't know how I had, I don't know how this even, this is, this is a miracle. But somehow, I'm laying there, and I see this guy walk by in a white shirt, blue pants, and all I see is, like, the back of him. And I said, Ashley Morrison. And he turns around and he goes, DB, what's up? And I'm like, what's up, dude? And he, I found Ash when he walked by me. I hadn't seen the dude in two years. He walked by me, and somehow, my dumb brain said that's Ash Morrison and I called his name and he turned around and we hooked up and then I had to flag Moose from, from up the road to come get our ticket. But, well I'm glad you I was got laying on teams. somebody's I was laying on somebody's BMW uh, motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Alright.
0: Um, I, I will say I want to tease this. If you want to come back next week I will, I will only share we will only share one story from France and I will, I will tease that one and it's one making fun of Pat again. So I'll just tease that. I'll just share one more story, making fun of Pat, next week. So you got to come back. Oh, man. Paris was great. Great stuff. Hey, uh, new season, like we said, started off last week with the Safeway. you got web.com grads out there now. You've got um, our new show format. Here's what we're going to do. This season, we, we, we've heard a couple – you know, we've heard from listeners and stuff like, Hey, sometimes you guys name you name a bunch of guys, but we don't we can't really tell who you really like and who you don't really like, and who you like for GPPs and who you like for cash and da da da, da. And then we also know sometimes we get kind of long-winded with a lot of stuff, but especially with the picks and those can kind of go long or whatever. So we decided this year we're going to do something that we did for a couple of the majors last year. We're going to really draw lines in the sand at every, you know, at certain um, salary ranges based off of DraftKings. And we're going to give you our GPPs, our cash, and our fade picks. And we're going to be disciplined with it. So, uh, you know, now this may vary based on the size of the field. And, you know, like this week you only got like 70-something guys. So we're going to pick a little lesser number than we will in a full field event. Um, But every week you'll get used to hearing me say, here are my GPP plays that I like in this range. Here are my cash plays. Here are my fades. And Pat's going to do the same thing. So you'll have a very easy – grasp on who we like for which contest and who we like the most because we're going to have to make decisions like this week we're going 9k and above for the first range and I had to make a decision on a GPP play because there's another guy that I like but I only could pick three so you're going to get the three ones that I like the most you know what I mean so it's a new format we feel like it's going to add some value it's going to give you guys a little better sense of what we think and it's going to be much more measurable and we're going to track things a lot better this year we want to be really transparent with everybody listen we are not freaking geniuses okay that's why this podcast is free and everything we do is free so uh the the only people that pay for this stuff is our is our our advertisers so that's it um the final thing that i'm really excited about and the change up in the show for this year is at the very end of every show we are going to do what we call the chunk and run because you know you can't have a segment on a golf podcast that is not named after a cheesy golfism (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you can't just name it. You can't just name it. Oh, grab bag section. You got to name it after something. You know, our our blog is called One Groove Low, right? You got, you got no laying up out there with no laying up. You got. Uh, so so this is this is our new format. At the end of the show every week, you're going to get the Chunk and Run segment, and that is a two part segment. The first part is going to be we will take a listener question about anything related to golf. Okay, real golf fantasy golf, DFS golf, one-and-done golf, season-long golf, PGA Tour, European Tour, it doesn't matter. Anything related to golf, real golf, fake golf, betting golf, fancy golf, whatever. Anything, anything related. The second part is any question from a listener based on anything else but golf. It could be a truth-or-dare situation. It could be a would-you-rather. It could be a what-do-you-think-about-this. It could be serious. It could be funny. It could be goofy. It could be Think, think the native area, the kind of stuff we ask in the native area interviews. But you're asking it to me and Pat, so we're both going to answer it. Um, we're going to pick uh, so so a listener question for each category each week, and that will be at the end of the podcast following our picks. So for those of you who just really just want to stick around for the picks and you don't want all the other BS, you can turn it off after that. But I'm telling you that the 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 chunk and run content has great great opportunity to be hilarious so but it's only as hilarious as you guys make the questions so uh, we already have some questions coming in already from a tweet we're going to get we're going to get to the chunk and run segment at the end of the show tonight but if you want to submit a question we need you to submit questions email us info at tourjunkies.com those questions and listen if we don't get to it right away we're going to we're going to in a question bank we're gonna create like a little bank of these so that we can hit them all year because we want to do this all year every show um, so just don't get discouraged if we don't hit it right off the bat we will we will try to hit it in another show and if we do use your question then we're gonna hook you up with a free a free little surprise a little gift it may be a promo code to the website to get you like 30% off maybe a free something maybe um, you know a gift card somewhere maybe uh, I don't know. It could be It could be. Pat shows up at your house one night for dinner. Uh, who knows? It could be any of those mm. things. So, but we will hook you up if we use your question. So we need the questions. Send them in. You can DM us on Twitter. You can DM us on Instagram. You can send it to an email, info at tourjunkies.com. Pat, anything to add a value to what I just said? It's a lot of information, but anything to add? I all. have zero zero items to add to that. Great. Let's move on. Um all right. The last thing I want to do before we get to picks, because again, short man, short field. You know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. This is. All. Kristen had a hilarious dream last night. My wife had a hilarious dream last night about you, Pat. And I haven't I haven't shared this with you. But it was very funny, and I thought I would share it with with everyone. So my wife, Miss Domination, she tends to dream and remember her dreams often. Mm-hmm. So last night, I'm going to paint the scene for you. This will be pretty quick, but it, I think it's pretty funny. She tells me this this morning. I'm cracking up laughing. I'm like, as soon as she starts telling me, I'm like, hold on, stop. And I get a pencil. I'm like, i got to write this down. So I start writing it down. Um, dream starts. Scene opens. Pat is in the hospital. Um, Kristen is at his bedside. Pat has had a heart attack. Oh, gosh. And he's in a, he's in a hospital gown, nothing but a hospital oh. gown. Kristen is next to him in a bathing suit, wet hair, and a cover-up. Okay, not, not doing great. Uh, the, she's frustrated, and the nurse is mulling around in the room, and she's frustrated uh, that she's the only one there right now. I'm not there. Sally's not there. Your family's not there. She's frustrated that, that she's stuck with you at, bet, at the bedside.
1: I'm, so and, <laughs> I'm sorry, and Kristen. Kristen.
0: Sally shows up, and she gets even more frustrated because Sally shows up with all her makeup on, fully showered, very nice, well put together. Like, basically, oh, Pat had a heart attack and I need to go to the hospital. Well, let me shower up and get dolled up and just make sure I look right for the hospital. Like, forget the fact that Kristen is in her cover-up. So she's mad at Sally, <laughs> which is goofy because <laughs> um, she loves Sally. Um, and this is the end of the dream and my favorite part. In the middle of her frustration and the transition between Sally coming and Kristen leaving... The nurse um, who's in the room stops and says, I know what the problem is, and points to Kristen and says, Mr. Perry, you have another love interest, and she points at Kristen like you're having an affair, and your response to that accusation to the, the nurse is you look at Kristen and you go, oh, no. Did you see my butt? And Kristen says, Yes, I did. Through your gown. It is very tan, but flat and wrinkly. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> that was it? That's it. That's the scene. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>
1: I don't even so know where go. to go with that. I mean, like, I know there's, 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 t- <laughs> you can go his, a ton, a ton of different directions with that. <laughs> that's the dream. <sighs> Kristen wants to see my butt. <laughs> I think, I think somewhere in there she does. I think somewhere she's interested. She's interested you know? in my, in my, my
0: hiney. I think she wants to know if you're as tan on your, on your, on your hiney as you are everywhere else.
1: No, I'm not. By the way, let me just go. <laughs> Oh man.
0: Oh Speaking of speaking of weird butts, I had a friend in college who like used to like love to like like moon people. He had one hairy butt cheek. And he didn't shave the other one. He just had one hairy, naturally hairy butt cheek. Wow.
1: Anyway, course breakdown. Course breakdown time. We're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be gentle with this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be Are you ready? Are we ready for that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, so here we are this week at the CIMB Classic. We're getting into the real stuff now. Fall season in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We're at TPC Kuala Lumpur. This is the west course that we played this week. It is a par 72, 7,005 yards, so a pretty short course for a par 72 on tour. Uh, I think the biggest thing you got to note this week is that there have been changes in the green surfaces and the fairways. So they used to have that, that paspalum uh, grass, but now they have Bermuda greens and um, you got Tiff, Tiff Eagle Bermuda greens and then Champion uh, Bermuda fairways. So they've changed that up a little bit. They've made this, wanted to make this course a little more like an American course, an American TPC course. Um, they've added some bunkers um, that I think will come into play a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things here is that there's a lot of water on the course, uh, so you've got to to avoid that off the tee. As a matter of fact, on half the holes, uh, water comes into play. But this typically plays as one of the easiest courses on tour. It was 41st in 2018. 44th in 2017 and 47th in 2016 when it comes to easiest courses on tour Uh, but one I think you you know course history is one of those things that we look at every single week and we can debate about and do whatever and you know but this week it may be a little bit different because I think the the greens are going to play a lot faster than they typically have Uh, I may kind of lighten my weight when it comes to course history just because of that difference uh, as far as the way they've they've resurfaced this entire course uh, with with the Bermuda grass. Um, Traditionally, just like a par 72, you've got four par fives. All of them are reachable except for the 18th hole, which plays 632 yards, I believe, so pretty long there. But other than that, I think there's some – you can definitely reach these par fives. For me, the stats I'm looking at, I'm, I'm like I said earlier, I'm going to lower my weight in course history than I typically do. I'm looking at birdie or better percentage. You've, they, you've got to score out here. This is one of the easier courses on tour. Uh, DraftKings scoring, strokes gained off the tee, and strokes gained approach. I am looking at some recent form, uh, but I think you gotta, you gotta temper your expectations a little bit when it comes to recent form because a lot of these guys are coming off of a, a good little break. You know, here we are, we've had the Ryder Cup. We've had uh, the end of the PGA Tour season. Uh, some of them played last week at Safeway Open, uh, but not a lot. And there's a travel factor as well. I mean, you have, you have guys like Ryan Moore and, and, and Snedeker and, and, and the guys that played in the playoff and late on Sunday at the Safeway. Then they got to travel all the way across the world to where we are here at, at the at the uh, CMB C- in Classic. So I think that could be a factor uh, and something to look out for. Uh, past champs, you had Pat Perez in 2017. Jay, here's the thing: this is this is funny because you had back-to-back winners two years in a row or four years in a row. You had JT in 2016. Justin Thomas again in 2015, Ryan Moore in 14, Ryan Moore in thir- 2013. So there was that factor, but it, this course is going to play different this year. I do think that with the with a new green surface, they're playing, they're rolling a lot quicker. I think that's going to make a difference. But I do like the guys that that tend to play well on this course and tend to, um, you know, that it fits their eye. Um, other than that, that's about it i like
0: the guys that have fast 40 times so they can outrun the pythons and tigers that can leap out of the forest in malaysia at any moment
1: um don't they have some like weird pigs or something not like boars but like weird pigs that around there
0: (laughs) mutant pigs i don't don't know um Uh, probably yeah this, this this is an interesting spot for sure i think you're i think you're right to talk through the course history angle with a lot of the changes everything's gone bermuda now and greens are going to be quicker so I think that's I think that's a, a, a smart move not to wait it as much I think you know it's just one of those weeks where uh, yeah you've got you, you've got guys who are playing th- this week that, that didn't even play you know they didn't play the Safeway and they didn't even play the the, the the playoffs
1: you know so they've been they've been they've had a month off long or, or maybe more Keep in mind by the way I meant to I should have pointed this out this is a no cut event there's only 78 right. players in the field. So when you're looking at tournaments and, and whatever else, I mean, you're going to have to have perfect plays. So you're going to have to, so sorry. Yep. Go ahead.
0: So for me, yeah. I mean, you get a situation like this, you're going to see this all year with us. I mean, if you've got a limited field event, no cut to me, the most important stat, if you will, is just ownership projections for GPPs and, um, So I think that's the most important is having leverage in your lineups with that many people. And, you know, there's 78 guys in this field, but 10 of them are based on the Asian tour rankings. And I'm sorry, but there's just no point in playing those guys. It's just, I don't know, I think you're just pissing money away to try to play one of those guys. I don't think that's really fair. There's probably another five guys that aren't worth playing either. So you're really only talking about picking between 60 guys or so. Um, so I think ownership leverage is the most, uh, is the most important stat for sure. And, and I agree with you on the course history thing, although I did look at it and I, I like seeing guys who play well here, because here's another thing that you didn't mention. This course stays wet and it yes. rains a lot this time of year in Malaysia. So pretty much in every year, recent history, you've had lift, clean and place rules, uh, for the tournament days, which means... Uh, preferred lies in the fairway and if you read some of the you know some of the commentary on that you know pga tour pros who get preferred lies in the fairway uh, drop dimes on the greens those who don't are losing strokes very very quickly so you know even though you look at guys like justin thomas uh, who played well here bombers you know but you got you got anybody can win this event it's a high scoring event you just got to be in the fairway off the tee so for me if I'm looking at a stat, I'm looking at scoring. So birdie or better or draft kings, points gained, however you want to look at scoring. And I'm looking at ownership, and I'm looking at accuracy off the tee. Am I, can I get guys who will put it in the fairway? Now, you know, JT's played really well here a couple times, you know, cutting corners and bombing it over certain sight lines, stuff like that. That's fine. But I'm not going to rule somebody out because they can't bomb it. As long as they pound fairways, that's that's what I want. Uh, because if lift clean in place goes in again, then that's what you want. And I think there was rain today, so I mean, it, there's probably not a good reason that there that there won't be lift clean in place. So, um, and yeah, with the no cut event, you're right. So anyway, that, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I do want to talk about our friends at BadBirdyGolf.com. They are the premier outfitter of us tour junkies, and if you see, in fact, I'm wearing one tonight. I'm wearing a bad birdie shirt right now, and if you lo- watch our video on rotor grinders on YouTube, uh, I will be in this video. And it has it's very it's very Malaysian actually. It has roses and cheetah heads on it. Nice, so very, I like you know, that one. Very Malaysian. Um, yeah, very nice. But badbirdiegolf.com gives you the most just uh, awesome swag. Uh, the polos are amazing. The collars stay in place. They they don't like wrinkle up. You don't get bacon neck. You know you can wash them with no problem. Pull them out the dryer, shake them one time, and you don't have to iron them. They're wrinkle free. They feel great. Some pretty fresh designs. You gotta be you got you gotta be willing to step out there a little bit. You gotta be willing to step out there a little bit to wear the Bad Birdie. We've seen guys like Reggie Bush, Golden Tate rocking these things on the golf course. Uh, They're made out there in L.A. We love our guy Jason who 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 founded uh, Bad Birdie Golf and. Uh, just a good guy, and he's got a promo code for us, and he doesn't do promo codes often. They're a premium product. He doesn't do promo codes much, but for our listeners, 15% off anything you order on the website. He's got a couple of sweet-looking hats, t shirts stuff, anything you order off the website, but they specialize in polos. 15% off with promo code Junkies, all one word, all lowercase, 15% off promo code Junkies. Check it out. Basically, if you see me in an Instagram video on our Instagram feed, I'm probably wearing a Bad Birdie shirt. Um, they're just—they're the best, and we really appreciate those guys. And I think we'll probably continue to partner with them uh, this year and, and into next year. They're—they're they're just uh, Jason's a cool guy. We both started our our golf companies around the same time, and we've grown rapidly. So uh, excited that they are are on board and support us. Um. All right, Pat. Let's let's get to it. So. For the picks, we have broken this up into some ranges, right? We we mentioned that, new format. So for the 9K and above, since it's a smaller field, 9K and above, we are going to give you three GPP plays, two cash plays, and two fades in the 9K and
1: above range. Pat, why don't you start with the GPP plays? All right, so I'm going to start with at 10 for Xander Schauffele. I like him as a GPP play this week. I think that, you know, here's the thing with him. You had the course change to this Bermuda grass greens across the board, whether it's fairways and the greens. And you know what? He finished third here last year before they even did that. But I think that Bermuda fits him better than what this course did before. So I think that this is a great course for him. I love him at 10-4. I think that's a great price. So Xander will be a good GPP play this week. Uh, also, like Gary Woodland at 9,700. Uh, you look at—he's a scorer. He is literally probably the number one guy when I look at stats for this course. You know, he scores. Uh, he checks a box in stroke gain off the tee, stroke skiing approach um so i love some woodland at 9700 i think he is a great play and then my last guy in the gpp range is going to be rafa cabrera bello at 9300 checks a box for me when it comes to the stats whether it's strokes getting approach off the tee birdie or better percentage all of that kind of stuff his recent form has been off but that's okay that's why i think he's a gpp play i think that people are going to be off of him a little bit in that 9,300 range. And so I like some Rafa for GPPs. David, what do you think?
0: All right, well, we have agreement in two of the three. I am in agreement with you on Xander and Gary Woodland. Uh, I I like the upside on both of those guys. Gary is outspoken that he likes TPC Kuala Lumpur. And I looked at DraftKings points gained over the last six events. Gary Woodland is fourth. In that category, um, so I, I do like a little Xander Shoffley as well as uh, with Gary. The only one that I have that is different is Billy Horschel. I'm gonna play Billy Ho. I, I think, I do think Billy Ho could be a little popular, more so maybe than the other two. Maybe I mean it's it's early in the week. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Which by the way, we need to mention that uh, lineups lock earlier with Kuala Lumpur being in a different time, such a different time zone. I think they're like. Many hours ahead, so you need to watch lineup lock on uh, late Wednesday night. Have your roster set uh, because likely I think when you wake up, it will have already started. If I'm if I'm right, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Billy Ho, I do like. Um, he has gained 29 strokes in the last six events on the tour. Now you know he's had a little break. He obviously didn't play the Ryder Cup, but he did play the Tour Championship. Played well there, and and if you look at that DraftKings points gained number. He's seventh in this in this field. Um, so Woodland is fourth, and Billy Ho is seventh in this field in DraftKings points gained in the last six events. And you know Billy's kind—he's of, an accurate kind of guy. Like I, he's a t- he's a fairways and greens ball striker, um, which is obviously important, especially if we're in lift, clean, and place. Uh, so th- those are my three GPPs. So I actually, uh, in what's, and what's—and I'll go ahead and get to I'll get to the cash plays. I think Billy Ho and Gary Woodland are also worthy of cash play status. I think they're both solid enough, so I like both of those guys. Um, If I were going to go with a, yeah, so basically just those two in cash, and then my two fades for this category are going to be, surprisingly, not any of the other guys you named. I am fading Mark Leishman and Emiliano Grillo. Mark Leishman's performance lately, um, not very good. Twenty-first at the Tour Championship. Remember, that's out of thirty. Forty-first uh, at the BMW. Twenty-first out of the Dell. That's out of hundred. Thirty-fourth at the North. So it's like not terrible, but it's not worth ninety-eight hundred dollars. If you look at strokes gained, he's only gained two strokes in the la- in those four events um, over everybody else. So I-, I just, I think Leishman, you know, doesn't have a great history here. Um, he's not really doing anything really well right now at 9,800. I think that's a little too much for Leash. And then Grillo, kind of the same way, like nothing great about the form. Finished 41st at the Safeway last week, 61st at the BMW. He did finish seventh at the Dell. Uh, but if you, again, you look at strokes gained. He's gained three strokes in, in the last, you know, in the last six weeks. He's just not. He's not really popping for me. And the price at 9,500 is not something I'm willing to pay for. So those are my two fades and uh my two cash locks what about you 9k and above
1: wow um we're very similar here actually um i am here's the thing i like you liked g uh horschel and gpp and cash i he's my cash play i love him this week Uh, i think it's just a great play also i like justin thomas for in cash uh i think that Look, you can, in a short field like this, at, you know, 78 players, there, are, there is some value down there at the bottom. I think he's, this is a course fit for him. Um, checks the box on the strokes gained off the tee. He's number one in birdie or better percentage, number two in strokes gained approach, number five in uh, strokes gained on par five. So I think that Justin Thomas is a, is a pretty good cash play. And uh, I don't like him GPPs, but I do like him for cash. And then you look at fades. I love Grillo as a fade. I just don't see it. Doesn't have great course history here. I know I'm, I'm waiting that less, but I just you know his stats just do not line up with a with a, a guy that should play well here. And his recent form hasn't been great, so I'm gonna fade him. And also Ryan Moore. You know what? Here's the thing. I know he has great course history. He's won here twice. I do think it is a thing with some of these players coming in late. You know, he had to play that late playoff at the Safeway Open. Uh, He's probably not going to get a ton of rest or practice on this course. Uh, I think the energy level is going to be down. Uh, So I think that – and I don't like the price for him as well. So I think that Ryan Moore is a a fade for me and a guy that I'm just not going to play. I'd rather have – I'd rather play a cheaper guy. And, and get, you know, some value there as opposed to paying up for a guy like Moore in a, an event like this where I know he's got great course history, and that's why he's got the, the, the high price tag that he has. So I think Ryan Moore should be a fade this week as well. All right, let's move quickly. The next range that we have set up is the
0: 7K and 8K range. Okay, so we're going to hit 7K and 8K, and we're going to do four GPP plays. Four cash plays and three fades in the 7 and 8K range, okay? So I'm going to start with the GPP plays. At 8,900, I like Byung-hun and I just like the upside. I think he can win an event like this. You know, Justin Thomas won his first PGA Tour event here at the CIMB. I think Byung Hun An, who's been very close, could be next in line for that. He's had some time off. He's a great ball striker. If he can find the fairways, I think we're in business with Byung Hun An. And I like that. I I don't see him being too popular at that price tag. The next guy I like is Cam Smith, and I do think Cam Smith could be popular. But I'm gonna play him regardless, even in GPPs. Um, you know, in uh, he's had. He's gained 19 strokes in, in in his attempts here, including two top five finishes. When you go back to that DraftKings points gained in the last six events, he is 10th in that category in this field. His Vegas odds, pretty good at 33-1. to 1. He's got guys priced above him with worse odds. I think Cam Smith is good here. He can handle the heat. He's from Australia. It is what it is. Uh, the next guy that I like is C.T. Pan. Love C.T. Pan here same uh so so he has the same odds as Brendan Grace who's priced at 8700 CT Pans at 8000 and he, and he has better odds than JB Holmes at 55 to 1 who's $500 more expensive he finished 17th here last year and in the last six events he's third in this field in DraftKings points gained love CT Pan here he's an accurate player off the tee i like that upside for him like on, I think you could see maybe a first-time winner here with Pan. The last guy I'm going to give you is definitely a little off the uh, off the beaten path. Okay, he will be the most GPP play that I give you probably all night, and that is going to be Tom Hoagie at seven thousand dollars. I'm skipping all the way down to Tom Hoagie. Um, yeah, you know, basically here's what I have: he seven he finished 17th in Napa. He is a ball striker like that is Tom's deal he can hit fairways and he can hit greens coming off a good play you know good play in Napa a no cut event very you know very low owned $7,000 I just think the the top 10 upside is probably realistic for Tom so in a GPP I don't mind a little Tom Hoagie alright hit me with your 4 and
1: we'll go All right, we gotta so- go quick I'm gonna say this. I have actually. I'm gonna take it out. I have three GPP plays here, not not four that I really like, and one of them is gonna be Sam Ryder. I love him this week. He's a guy that's been just in great recent form, um, you know. And, and you look at the stats for for Sam Ryder. I mean, he's a guy that his. I mean, he's 7700 on DraftKings. He is 25th in the field in strokes gained off the tee, third in birdie or better percentage, fourth in strokes gained approach, and second in strokes gained on par fives, which i do. uh, That's one of the stats that I looked at this week. So I like Sam Ryder at 7,700. I think he's a great GPP play. I also think that uh, Thomas Peters, a guy that always seems to fly. I mean, Mm. we we see a lot of him lately. And um, you know what? He's a guy that can just on these short courses at this seven thousand yards par seventy two. He should be able to dominate this course. I love him at seventy five hundred. I know look, I know recent form isn't great. Uh it's just it's it's not where you want it to be. But I love where he is. He's twelfth in the field in stroke scanned approach. He's ninth in the field in stroke scanned on par fives. He should be able to eat these par fives alive. So I do like some Thomas Peters. And another guy that I think is gonna be overlooked and probably underowned, and you got a 78-player field where you need to find some uh, some guys that that have some low ownership is Danny Lee at 81 8100. The guy fits the bill from a stat category. He's 15th in strokes gained off the tee, 15th in birdie or better percentage. He's been playing great recently. He actually has a good course history here on this course. So I like Danny Lee as a good GPP play at 8,100. All right, what about Cash? Cash for me is going to be Cam Smith. I think he's he's the Cash play at 8,400. Recent form has been good. His course history on this course is awesome. He's got uh, his par-5 scoring is good. Uh, so I do like some Cam Smith. And I also like JB Holmes uh, oh, at eighty 8, five hundred. JB Holmes in cash. I love JB Holmes in cash. You're you know a what, sick individual? Do you third in strokes gained off the tee, twentieth in birdie or better percentage, twenty first in strokes gained approach, and twelfth in par five scoring. I think JB Holmes is a fantastic cash play Hames. at eighty five hundred. And you know what? Here's the thing. I want to start with this because we you didn't even ask me this my fades are all at the top all right there the guys one of the guys you liked on is my fade I think you fade on Ustazen, and grace right there 8900 8800 and 8700 I think you fade all three of those guys when you're looking at your lineups this week I think they are not they are not gonna perform at all compared to where they're priced at
0: mmm
1: well, we had some
0: agreement cooking until the, this last few minutes. Now, in cash, I agree Cam Smith is worth a cash play. I think CT Pan is a cash play for me, as well as both of those guys, as well as GPP. Uh, Sam Ryder, I see being a little more, uh, a little higher owned um, in GPPs. That's why I didn't have him in that. But I do like him in cash. I agree with you. He's been playing really well. He's fifth in the last six events in the DraftKings uh, points gained and he's motivated, so I do like Sam Ryder. My last cash play is Kiridek. I And I guess you could say, I don't know. I don't know why he's not a GPP play. I feel like he's gonna be a little popular just because people know Deck, like Deck. 7,300 seems like a good price for Deck. I don't feel great about it, and I really have no other reason. I, I, I don't know, he's just a gut play for me, but I like Deck. My fades are first of all Pat Perez, eighty-three hundred dollars. Pat Perez, the defending champion, gets a big price bump here. But let's let's be real. He sucked lately. First of all, he also said last year. I remember him saying this last year after he won, saying this course does not fit me. I putted my balls off. Is basically what he said. I paraphrased there, but he putted lights out last week, last year to win this event. So I don't, you know, that's that's tough to repeat. I don't like the fact that he doesn't see this course really suiting up well for him at 8,300. I think he's an easy fade. You don't play him here. But my other two fades are two guys who you liked, Thomas Peters and J.B. Holmes. Neither of which set up really well for me in, on this course. I mean, I think both bombers, you taking their weapon out of their hands. It's like the U.S. playing the Golf National last week. They both hit the ball a long way. Yes, J.B. Holmes ranks highly in strokes gained off the tee, but it's because of his length. He's got to be in the fairway this week. He's got to be able to lift clean in place and get those preferred lies. Same as Thomas Peters. I do give you the fact that they're both scorers, and if you're going to play in a no-cut event, I get it. You can get some scorers, take advantage of the par fives, whatever. But if I've got to pick guys to fade, Holmes and Peters fit the bill, both and as well in uh, in price tag. I mean – I said CT Pan is is better odds to win on my bookie than JB Holmes and he's priced $500 less than him. I, I just I don't see playing either one of those guys. So there's a seven and 8K range. let's move quickly in the 6K I've only got a couple of plays here. Um, first of all, my one of my f- absolute favorite plays of the entire week is in the 6K range and I will play this this individual in GPPs and cash. And it is Brian Gay at 6,900. Brian Gay is 90 to 1 on my bookie. Okay. That is the same odds as Scott Piercy, $300 more than him, and less odds than Bronson Burgoon at 7,500. So if you're thinking about playing Bronson Burgoon, you know, save 600 bucks, play Brian Gay um, at better Vegas odds, and a guy who pounds fairways for a living. He's been doing it for like 20 years on the PGA Tour. You know, you're talking about preferred lies. Brian Gay's going to have his ball in the fairway every freaking hole. I think he's a smart play at 6,900. The last guy I like in this range is similar, and that's Ryan Armour at 110-1 to on my bookie, which is kind of, you know, a little, little bit of a value there. Same value as some guys priced above him, like Joel Damon at 7K, which I like Joel, but, you know, whatever. If Ryan hits the ball straight, he's going to be super low, probably sub-5%, even in a short field. I think both of those guys in GPPs are worth, uh, worth a little action, and I would play Brian Gay in Cash. Now, I think there's some big names here. I mean, you know, Brendan Steele, Jamie Lovemark are interesting, um, but uh, those are the two guys I like from a GPP standpoint.
1: Wow, I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't pick uh, – you didn't look at uh, Keith Mitchell at 6,900. I think he's a guy that is a, a great play this week. You know, he's fourth in the field in stroke gained off the tee, 17th in birdie or better percentage, 15th in stroke gained approach, 20th in strokes gained on par fives. A guy that just – I know he's hit or bests, but I love is I love where he is at 6900 this week. I think that's a great price for a, for a guy who's played solid and and we've seen history from him in some PGA Tour events. And here's the thing: when you look at this week and you look at uh, the fall season, we get a lot of guys that were not we don't have any history on because they haven't played tour events. But you know what? He has and he's played well in them. So I do think Keith Mitchell is a great play there. Uh, also, like Troy Merritt, you know he finished. Third or fourth last oh, week. Ugh. Um, I think he's, you know, his recent form has been good. Here's the thing I mean, that's, that's, you know, I, I like where he's been as far as uh, his recent form is concerned. And then uh, you look at his stats, um, he's, let's see, hmm. 11th in the field when it comes to strokes gained off the tee, 7th in birdie or better percentage, and 6th in strokes gained on par 5. So I think that tory Merritt at 6900 is actually a pretty good play. I do like that for GPPs, not cash. I don't know. I think Keith Mitchell could be a cash play. Now, Troy mm. Merritt obviously is not, but I think Keith Mitchell could be a, a good cash play. You're going to get them at 6900 on DraftKings, and and allow yourself to get a lot of great players up there at the top. I mean, why not? And no cut event. So there you go. All right. Those are the picks for the week.
0: Let's get into the chunk and run, Pat. The chunk and run segment, the first chunk and run segment ever on the Tour Junkies podcast. And and we've gone long, but so here's the point where if you really just don't care, you just turn it off by now. Um, But the first question is a golf related question. This went around on Twitter. And a guy named Jake ben, Benoit, uh, Benro, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but apparently doesn't have Twitter. Uh, actually, yeah, doesn't have Twitter, which is weird. If you don't have Twitter, you should have Twitter. It helps you with DFS, and you can also follow us at tour underscore junkies. Jake says, for his golf-related question in the Chunk and Run segment of the week, Jake says, hey, guys, how's it going? Um, Your thoughts on the course history debate when picking fantasy golfers. That is something that floated around the old Twitterverse last week, and um, it seems to come up a couple times a year. Pat, your take on course history. Is it viable when picking golfers either for fantasy purposes or betting purposes?
1: Yes, it's completely viable. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know why this is a, a debate every single year. It should not be in debate. I mean, course history makes sense. I mean, it's I don't I, you know every every week. If you look at a course, like just like think of this as of your own course that you play on every single week. If you play that course every week, and you know the course well, and you know what spots to hit it in, what spots not to hit it in, where, you, where you've got to play this course and how you've got to play it to score, then you're, that's what you're, you're going to do every week. You're going to play well. And I think that course history is extremely important and probably one of the most important things you could look at week in and week out when it comes to predicting uh, how somebody can perform. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you have any different feelings on that, David, but for me, course history is one of the most important things you can wait every single week on tour. Course history is a debate that
0: rages on every year, and here's the deal. Golf is a highly variable game. uh, We tweeted this last week, Jake, and apparently you don't have Twitter, but somehow you knew this was an issue. Um Golf is a highly, highly variable game. Highly variable game. You cannot fit all of golf in a box. You just can't. So there are things that are immeasurable in golf. Um, If you've ever played golf, you know this. Mental, physical, whatever. Uh, The conditions of the course. So there are just some things that will not fit in a statistical box. And, And guys who are just total stat nuts don't like course history because it is not a a foolproof predictor of future you know performance um but it is real and all that i need to know that it's real is literally when we first started doing this and we had guys on the show we would interview golfers all the time we don't really ask this question as much anymore because we feel like we've already proven it with other interviews but like the first 20 pga tour pros or caddies that we interviewed on the Tour Junkies podcast in the first couple of years, we would ask them their thoughts on course history. And every single person that we asked, every single one of them, all 100% said course history is real, every single one of them. In fact, just last week when we tweeted about this, Billy Horschel retweeted us, and then we we messaged Billy back and forth every now and then. And we're like, funny to see you chime in on this DFS debate. And he's like, if people think course history isn't real, they're idiots. He said, look at me at Valero and some other tournament. I'm like, look at Matt Every at Bay Hill, who sucks every week of the year, except for Bay Hill. Now, you know, the stat guys will tell you those are outlier, blah, 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 small sample size, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but if PGA tour professionals and caddies who do this for a living say that course history is a real thing for whatever reason, believe whether it's because it. whether it's because it just suits your eyeballs, that's a believe thing. It like that's a strokes gained advantage so course history is a thing does it matter more on some courses than others yes is it a foolproof predictor of performance absolutely not nor is anything in golf but to me I think it's just as valuable as any other stat you're going to pluck out of thin air and say is important so yes Jake and everyone else listening course history is important finally Pat uh, we end on this. Now, Now for the Chunk and Run segment, we now have the next part, which is anything non-golf related. Uh, our, friend, our, our, our friend Michael, Michael Carity in Australia, he, this is an honorable mention, wants to know if we're going to make it to the President's Cup next year, said surely Atlanta to Dallas is an easy flight, and then it's only an 18-hour flight directly to Sydney um, yeah, and then nah, into Melbourne if we want to make the President's Cup. Mike, we love you. Not happening. Not happening. Sorry. Um, all right, so here is our chunk and run question of the night for the non-golf-related stuff from uh, listener Justin Wise, who also does not have Twitter, apparently. It's amazing how many followers don't have Twitter. Uh, this, is a very, this is a very standard question. I feel like a lot of you would ask this. Kill, marry, and screw. Celebrity only edition. I'm going to go ahead and take that to be athlete, movie star, musician, whatever. Pat, who would you kill, who would you marry, and who would you screw?
1: Good lord. <laughs> I feel like the kill thing is like a little aggressive. Look, <laughs> It's the chunk and run segment. It's like I, the I end gotta of the show. Somebody? Nobody's
0: listening anymore. Huh?
1: I gotta kill somebody?
0: Yeah, yeah. Who would you kill off? Celebrity. Um,
1: I would probably kill off... Hmm. I don't know, man. It's
0: a tough I question. Would, I would kill off Cardi B. Cardi B just gets on my nerves. You know? Does she get on your nerves at all? She does kind of get on my nerves. I might be with you there. I think Cardi B's just trying to like she's riding the coattails of Nicki Minaj and um, you know, uh, she's like starting beef over nothing. I think we just get rid of Cardi B. We got Nicki Minaj. That's all we need. All right, I'll I'll
1: I'm gonna go in together with you on that. Um, Don't
0: steal my. Are you serious right now? All right, you have to be original with the Mary and the and the screw. We're gonna keep yeah, it family. The Mary
1: there. would to me would be um, Reese Witherspoon.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I actually thought about that one. That's a good one. Reese really Witherspoon
1: one. to me would be the best wife ever. I love her. I think she would be awesome. So I will. She will be my Mary. Uh, My screw. (laughs) Hmm. That would probably be... Uh, I think I'm going to blow people's mind with this. (laughs) Who's the girl? Um... Or you go ahead with your Mary in the novel. All right, my
0: Mary would be Tori Kelly. Do you know who Tori Kelly is? Uh-uh. She's a musician. She's from Australia. Shout out Michael Carrity. Uh, she's from Australia, but she is a singer-songwriter type, and just seems like super down to earth, like good, just just salt of the earth kind of individual. Um, plays guitar, sings, writes. All of the above. So uh, that would be my that would be my that would be my Mary.
1: Hmm.
0: All right. Who who would be your screw? Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a throwback edition here because I would be. Uh, I've spent more years of my life, mainly my adolescent life, thinking about what it would be like to do this to this person, and it would be Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Basically, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Kapowski is saved by the bell. I, I, I spent more adolescent years thinking about that opportunity than anybody else currently. So, because I, I, I don't need to think about that now, you know, like I got, you know, I got Miss Domination. But adolescent hours put into the thought of that with Kelly Kapowski, it was a lot. So I feel like I feel like it would be it would be her.
1: Hmm. I don't even know. I, I swear, I'm, I feel like I should know this—the answer to this question—but I, I don't have anything good to give to the people here. Pat, uh, but you th- got to come
0: up with something. My God, we're at almost in an hour and a half. Do, come up with something. I mean, who, who? Who?
1: Oh gosh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> who am I going to screw? <laughs> You could hit her
0: with some of your French lines. She'd love that. I could hit hey, her with what's, what's the What's the French line again? What is it
1: again? Ze suis désolé, ne parle pas français. All right, who is it, Pat? How you, about have to our Fr- this? you know who it would be? It would be our French waitress on the last night we spent out <laughs> tonight. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs>
1: Because I remember that waitress and she was hot. <laughs> nice. That, well, that, I don't
0: know if that counts as a celebrity. Justin specifically said he wanted a celebrity edition.
1: You, I, don't I don't care. Don't that, I like. I don't care. She was so mother. Oh my gosh, she was so. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the chunk and
0: run segment has not disappointed. Thank you guys for sticking around, man. If you were still here after an hour and a half, God bless your soul. We appreciate it. Hope you have a fantastic week. We'll be back next week. Don't forget the Chalk Bomb subscription to see the most creative moment of Pat's entire life. You're going to want to check that out. We'll be back next week for the CJ Cup, another stupid fall event, but it'll be a good time. All right. May your screens be green. See you Out.